This video is brought to you by Holocasa. Our tool transforms independent local real estate agents to global real estate agents. Create your own profile for free and get contacted by international investors. Sign up with the link in the description. Hello and welcome everyone to our session 102 from Holocasa. My name is Michael and today I'm talking to Sam Mender from Seed Real Estate in Lisbon, Portugal. Sam, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, Sam has been working in the film and advertisement in industry for over 17 years. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, he chose to go for the venture of real estate and started his own real estate company in Lisbon with his friend Eden. Um, Sam's also originally Israeli, Portuguese, and even has another, another inheritance from a different uh, country, which he will say afterwards. Um, his entire real estate approach is very digital. It has a totally di digital DNA in itself, which he also says um, is important to really get more market share and be overly competitive in a very highly competitive market in Lisbon. Sam will talk about it during the session. I'm super excited to have you, Sam. Welcome to the show once again. It's also very interesting for me to have the first live session. So thank you so much for hosting me and have mm -hmm. this one here. I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, uh, the floor is yours. Please introduce yourself to our audience. First of all, nice to meet you, Michael. It's a pleasure for us to host you in our office. The, the missing country was Turkey. I think I'm mostly Turkish and then Israeli and then Portuguese. I have all these three nationalities, but I had identify myself more as Turkish since I was born and raised there. And then I moved to Israel. And for the past four and a half years, I've been living in Portugal as a Portuguese citizen. Perfect. Film advertisement, uh, serving the, one of the biggest brands in the world, and then real estate. Uh, give me a bit of an overview of how mm. this uh, journey happened, mm. and maybe also an intersection between these two elements. Until I started the sea journey, all my life, since I was a kid, I was a big film buff. And in, in Turkey, how it works is uh, when you study for the university, uh, you have to pick a major. And since I was a small kid, I was sure that I, I was going to study film and I was going to be a director. So that was my only goal that I studied. Then I won the, the best film university in Turkey. I studied there. And while I was studying, I started to work as a AD, a assistant director, and went into the filmmaking market. And then I became the third AD, second AD, first AD. And eventually, around 10 years ago, I became a director. And I was shooting TV commercials. I shot commercials for Adidas, Samsung, Gazprom, and many, many projects for many, many countries. And when I moved to Portugal, I was still a director. Mm -hmm. And it was in the beginning of pandemic. Mm -hmm. Actually, maybe the middle of pandemic, actually. Uh, I was working for a Brazilian company who has opened their first branch in Portugal. Mm -hmm. So they were just going into this journey and they hired me as an in-house director, mm -hmm. which is actually not very common uh, because usually the commercial directors are freelancers. Mm -hmm. So you just uh, work project by project. And for me, it was a big relief in this new country. So I don't need to travel anymore. If I work or not, they're going to pay me. Amazing. So we started like this. I was waiting for the projects. We were giving uh, budgets for projects. And then the pandemic hit. So the, the deal is, if I work or not, they are supposed to pay me at least for six projects per year. So they first month, second month, third month, fourth month, they were paying. And I was like super comfortable. Like everybody <laughs> was having a really hard time in the <laughs> beginning of pandemic. And I was just, okay. But then I realized it's not going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And what happens is after fifth month, they actually called and said that, like, we cannot, we just cannot. And they mm -hmm. had to close their Portugal branch. And of course, I said, of course, that's totally understandable. Mm -hmm. And back then, I was still thinking it's, it was going to be a bit better, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which didn't. And in the meantime, I, since I was still getting paid, I was just so bored because there's nothing to do. I wanted to film. I even filmed some little commercial just for myself at home. Mm -hmm. uh, it became a very viral, actually. It was a vodka tonic commercial with my <laughs> own recipe. <laughs> and then my best friend, Eden, 
he was already working with a real estate company mm -hmm. uh, in Lisbon. And he said, you know what, uh, since the, the pandemic started, we are just working uh, online for a couple of hours per day. You are bored. Why don't you join? You are good with people. Mm -hmm. I, I think you can make maybe some sales and it's extra money. I said, yeah, why not? I'm super bored anyway. Very soon we became partners inside the company. I got the marketing part and he got the sales part, mm -hmm. which actually we now follow through in Seed as well. Mm -hmm. And even though it was the pandemic, both of us made a lot of sales in our first year without speaking Portuguese. And after that, uh, we realized the gap in the market. Mm -hmm. And we said, uh, okay, we can do much more. So we know what is it. And uh, my partner, he's French-Israeli. So mm -hmm. he's also very hot-blooded, hard worker, very good with sales and very good with people. And But something is missing. In real estate, there is a lot of back office part. Mm -hmm that you need to do a lot of stuff, CRM, contracts, upload this, write this, write that, and it takes actually maybe 80% of your time. Mm -hmm. and, and without even Portuguese <laughs> speaking ability, we managed to close all these deals. So we actually said, you know what? Let's hire an assistant. Mm -hmm. We will pay for it. We, we are not asking the mm -hmm. company. Yeah? But of course, the, the mentality is... No, no, let's not change the system. So let's keep the system. And we just couldn't comprehend this. It's like, because if we win more money, they will win more mm -hmm, money as mm -hmm. well. But they were opposed to that. And that was the time. Okay, we need to open our company now. And that was the time. Uh, we were at the beach, actually. We were already thinking about opening the company. We didn't know the marketing part, that part. Mm -hmm. I am in the marketing world, but I am not actually in the marketing advertising part. Mm -hmm. I'm on the, the shooting part of mm -hmm, the marketing mm -hmm. that I need to study. So we were talking about, okay, but how are we going to do the lead generation? Mm -hmm. And we were just, everything is ready. We have our mindset, we have our structure, and we were going to focus on the lead generation. How are we going to do it? We can do this, we can do that. We were talking at the beach. And then just a guy just sitting next to each other, I'm so sorry. I just overheard what you are saying. And you know what I do is, lead generation for real estate no. companies. <laughs> and it, we eventually didn't actually start to work with this guy, but it was just a sign, okay? Yeah. And we just had a conversation and we learned it is actually quite easy because the hard part is not the lead generation. The hard part is once you get the lead, the service you give to them. And that part we covered already. And after this realization, we immediately opened our office. Uh, it was a... Not very small, actually, but it, it, was, a, it was an apartment. It mm -hmm. was an apartment uh, near El Corte Inglés, mm -hmm. São Sebastião. So we started like this. We hired our first assistant mm -hmm. to <laughs> actually help us with the administrative part, the Portuguese part, the phone calls that sometimes people don't speak Portuguese, of mm -hmm. course, very understandable. And, and then we started to present our vision about the company, about the real estate world, how things can go. Mm -hmm. And very soon we started to hire more people mm -hmm. and more brokers. And in two years now we are in this huge office with 18 people, 13 different nationalities. Wow. And what I like to proudly say that it is like a family mm -hmm. because one of the, the biggest part in the hiring process, we always had two steps. One is the very professional interview, mm -hmm. the background check, mm -hmm. what do you do, what is your experience and stuff. And the second part, even before this interview, you actually said that real estate is a people business. Mm -hmm. So it's very important how the people are actually are in their real life. So the second part is just a social environment and just talk, chat, meet our friends and have a conversation. And the idea is this is a long-term project. This is a lifetime project. And we don't want to just work. So we want to hire people that we are going to spend the rest of our lives with these people. So it was a very specific elimination process that helped us, that helped us to become a real team and grow as much as we did in the last two years. 
Perfect. You, uh, I, I loved your journey. I love the way you described it, and uh, it makes makes everything total mm. sense. Um, technically speaking, opening up your own branch or your own company, um, Aiden was um, already having a real estate license himself, under which all the rest mm. can uh, work. Um, how does that work in Portugal? Because uh, we are we're talking to an uh, international audience. Um, does everyone have to then also obtain a real estate license? How does that technic technically work for someone who might mm. want to open their own company in Lisbon when they're when they're um, interested to really like make the leap? Yeah, uh, at the beginning of the company, we had to obtain a specific license, which mm -hmm. is called AMI license. Mm -hmm. Without this license, you cannot do actual real estate mediation. Mm -hmm. So we, of course, applied for this license mm -hmm. as soon as we started this journey and then you need one license for the entire company yeah but just Sorry, li yeah. one license for the company is enough that okay. all the other real estate consultants can work under this license makes total sense mm -hmm. okay got it next technical question um you said okay getting the leads is actually not the biggest uh, thing but really like delivering mm -hmm. and following through with mm -hmm. uh, with with the clients How does the um, inventory generation work for you? Or was that because I talk to many real estate agents? Many also say, like honestly, the most important thing is actually like um, captando, like obtaining basically the the real estate, the, the yeah. maybe even sometimes ex exclusivity. Mm -hmm. how, first of all, how do you see that challenge? Um, is that a challenge in Lisbon and in Portugal, or is it something which is not? such a big issue because you don't have that part of exclusivity as much as in different countries that is a challenge for sure mm -hmm. and that we try to overcome in the first year mm -hmm. in the in the first year we have experienced that as well mm -hmm. so the first year was more buyer focused mm -hmm. but we very fast realized that this is the easy job mm -hmm. and the the big money and the big real estate service is actually for the sellers Okay. So, because what we are selling is the product, yeah. is the real estate itself. So we need that to sell. And then that is why it's very easy to generate leads. Mm -hmm. When you have the products, mm -hmm. you will be generating leads, buyer leads for that. Of course, after that, it's very important how good you deal with the buyers. Mm -hmm. But, and the other thing is, for example, in Turkey and in Israel as well, mm -hmm. uh, the real estate companies get their commissions half of them from the buyers and half uh, from the sellers. Mm -hmm. In Portugal, the, the real estate companies get all their commissions from the seller. When do you have the negotiation power to say, okay, I want to have exclu exclusivity on it and I want to have exclusivity on the listing for six months because I'm going to invest into marketing, staging, leaflets, whatever it is? Or is that rather a benchmark or a threshold mm -hmm. for the value of the respective property? We actually try to get away from the word exclusivity. Okay. We have two kinds of services. This is how we present. Mm -hmm. We have the standard services, mm -hmm. which includes this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. And we have the, the premium service, mm -hmm. which includes exclusivity as well. Mm -hmm. But with this, uh, they are going to have much more benefits. And then uh, it's the seller to decide. And most of the time, when you present these services and these extras, uh, they tend to go to exclusivity. Got and it. one of the difference that we make, we are very honest and also we are not scared about our services mm -hmm. and the quality of our services. So actually, as an addendum to the contract, mm -hmm. we actually say, if we don't deliver any of these promises that we make, mm -hmm. you can cancel the contract. Got it. Because most of the time, they just got stuck with exclusivity. Yeah. I'm sorry, I cannot, if, even if I have a ready buyer cash buy right now, they cannot because they have an exclusivity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so th this is the thing we bring. So they don't have any risks, actually. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if we deliver everything we promised, then it works anyway. Yeah. Do you have any uh, range of um, commission which is being charged in Lisbon versus maybe also rural areas? I know that from different countries where rural areas you pay sometimes up to 10%, and in the um, urban areas you do, you go up to maybe like 3%. 
How does the commission system? How how is it more or less? In in general, we we charge the the general commission in Portugal, mm -hmm. which is five percent. Okay. But of course, there are some projects, as you said, in rural areas. I mean, big land, really hard to sell, and even just to go for a visit is a hassle. Mm -hmm. So just for it to worth it, of course, we ask for more commission, and most of the time they are actually aware of it and they actually offer it even even before we ask. Okay. Because those kind of properties is not the properties that you just post and buyer will come. It, yeah. it, it's about networking. So you actually share the commission with a lot of partners mm -hmm. and then it becomes valuable. And if it's very small commission, actually none of the partners mm -hmm. are going to work for it. Since you are a boutique company, and I'm sorry, I'm going very directly into those technical things, but of I'm course, just very, very interested about those things. Um, Is that is off market or are off market deals here a thing or is it yeah. rather something U.S. American which is not like a thing here? No, no, it it totally yeah. it totally is. Okay. So because there is inventory that people actually don't want to put it on market, mm -hmm. sometimes just out of privacy reasons, mm -hmm. and sometimes they are just waiting for the right buyer and they're not in a rush, but we know that that property is for sale. So. Mm -hmm. With our networking, if we have a ready buyer, we can present it and and we sell it. We do those kind of deals a lot. So it's never, it, all for all the companies, I guess, it's never just the properties you see in their websites. Mm -hmm. Coming a bit, like going a bit back to uh, general, generally Portugal, Lisbon, uh, maybe also the state of the market. Um, we know that the dynamic, uh, many people are flocking in, uh, a lot of uh, foreign Foreign direct investment is is, uh, is pouring into into this country and also especially into Lisbon. Give us maybe to the audience an overview about Lisbon itself with respect to real estate, but also maybe also why buying, um, especially for the audience who has never been to Lisbon and why it might be an attractive destination to buy real estate. Lisbon market is was booming for a long time and it still keep moving. I think it's one of the rare markets last year is still increasing with the prices and still moving and still have great investment opportunities. Most of the time in European countries and many Asian countries as well, when you make a real estate investment, if the rent covers the mortgage, they think it's a great investment. Mm -hmm. So I will be having an apartment for free. Mm -hmm. But in Lisbon, you can actually have a cash flow as well. Wow. So you rent it out, you use a property management service, you deduct your taxes, and you still generate some cash. It's, it's not crazy amount of cash, but it is cash out of nowhere. And we have one of the, the least mortgage rates in Europe, mm -hmm. even though it increased a lot last year. Mm -hmm. It is relatively mm -hmm. less than many countries. That is why it keeps attracting a lot of investors. This is the investor size. Mm -hmm. There's also just buyers that want to move to Portugal and live in Portugal because of the life quality. It is the, the feeling of, I think, everybody I have ever met, every expat. And one of the, the best parts about Portugal is the quality of expats. Mm -hmm. uh, an online worker who is working through his or her computer from Germany, When these people come to Portugal, and even though they get very, very small salaries, according to those countries, they live like kings and queens in Portugal. Plus, the quality of the people, the safety. For the last past, I think, 50 years now, uh, it's been elected the third safest country in the world. So there is this part, more than 300 sunny days per year. There is that part. Amazing food, amazing uh, quality of life, things to do, restaurants, bars, clubs, nightlife, whatever you can imagine, Portugal has it. So people actually are willing to buy and willing to pay the extra bucks uh, for the property. That is why it's not going down where everywhere else is going down. Mm -hmm. Uh, I totally can agree with everything you're saying. Uh, absolutely. It's beautiful to walk around the streets in Lisbon, uh, to have the lifestyle ac across, uh, across the entire country and uh, the possibility to go to, uh, to the beach or even to go for a hike uh, close by in Sintra. And uh, this very uh, 
cosmopolitan and very international mm. uh, people on the street were from all around the world, which is beautiful. Um, give us an overview of maybe the market prices uh, across Lisbon. And I would be curious to know your, maybe you have data or also just your opinion in comparison to other capitals across Europe. Maybe you can even, if you have some I don't know, multiples or mm -hmm. some, some comparison, yeah, yeah. some comparisons in terms of uh, square meter price or whatever, so that uh, we get an idea of uh, how we can categorize Lisbon mm -hmm. in terms of um, prices. I think it's still relatively lower than the, the big capitals. We can think about London, we can think about Paris. The price per square meter is around like 12, 13,000. Mm -hmm. And you go to Amsterdam, it's around 8,000. I think the relatively similar price per square meter is Barcelona. Mm -hmm. It's 5,000. Mm -hmm. And actually, the average price in Lisbon is still lower than 5,000. Mm -hmm. It's a bit over 4,000 per square meter. Mm -hmm. But of course, this is just the average. There's mm -hmm. also products more than 15,000, 20,000. Very specific products. Mm -hmm. And it's not abnormal to see new developments 9k 10k these days uh, but it's also very possible to find a good opportunity for 3000 make a little renovation mm -hmm. and you have a great property okay. at the end and then you can basically what's the unit you you can compare as well like rent renting it out rental prices also i guess you measure it in um, in square meter prices or potentially also in, in the quality of the unit, um, I'm thinking towards like return on investment on a yearly on a yearly level, or how much is basically your amortization rate over over a longer period. What can I expect as an investor to get my money back? Because you said like you're cash flow positive on yeah. a yearly level. Mm -hmm. um, give us an idea there. I, I, I would say the average is like four to five percent yield, mm -hmm. and but. We happen to find a lot of times more than 6% as well. Okay. But I think this is also one of the, the power of seed because we have an in-house property management department mm -hmm. that is actually screening and finding the tenants. So we can actually find with our networking of all these nationalities in the company. So we can find the right tenants who is going to pay a bit more. So okay. we can generate a bit more yield than the market. Interesting. Very good. I'll ask you later exactly what your service offerings of seed. I'm very, very curious. Let me give you or uh, ask you one question about, or let's actually gear towards the Golden Visa. Um, the Golden Visa has been uh, this uh, scheme for, uh, for investors from outside Europe uh, without a European citizenship, mm -hmm. which basically like allow them to get on residency after a couple of, after a couple of, uh, uh, months, years. Mm -hmm. um, how has it evolved? Has anything changed uh, during the last couple of uh, of years? First of all, a lot changed in the last couple of years, yeah. but also a lot changed ten minutes before this conversation. Okay, and, and we ju we were just all team listening to the news, checking all through the internet about the details. So we don't have the very specific one by one rules about it. Yes. But the news now is Golden Visa is going to be over in Portugal. Totally. No way. Everywhere in every kind of properties. So that means, uh, okay, so give me, now I need to a little bit more meat uh, on, on, I, uh, on, I on that. I need to do it as well, since <laughs> it has happened just now. I don't know the specifics either, mm -hmm. and, but apparently they approved this law. And it's not just about Golden Visa. They actually passed a lot of laws about the real estate market. To the audience and also to update me on it because um, I, I just want to make sure that uh, the audience uh, really understands what we're talking about. Uh, what's the minimum required? What has been the minimum required of the Golden Visa in order to, to obtain it? And also maybe you can give us some um, specificities about regional uh, requirements. Mm -hmm. um, I know that it is basically like based on municipality mm -hmm. um, Lisbon has been already stopped. I w was stopped yeah. a while ago. It was still able, uh, um, people were still able to obtain it in the Alentej re region or different outside, mm -hmm. uh, outside region. 
give us still like an overview of so that people like get an idea of it. And until last year, for 500k, you could get Golden Visa. And there were some specific rules. If it's in the city center of Lisbon, Porto, and if the building is over 30 years old, and if you do a renovation on that building mm -hmm. and actually improve the quality of the building, mm -hmm. which is going to help to the government as well, so there was a discount. And it, with these kind of properties, you could get Golden Visa for 350K. Okay. And which is uh, include the renovation budget. So you could get a, an apartment for 300K yeah. and spend 50K for the renovation and total 350, you could get Golden Visa. But you were asking the, the cheapest possible option. Mm -hmm. And if you are further away from the city center, there's actually a 20% discount. So you can actually get Golden Visa for 280K. Okay. Last year, uh, things changed a bit. In Lisbon, in Porto, and in the, in the waterfront of Portugal, mm -hmm. they actually banned uh, Golden Visa for residential properties. Mm -hmm. And you could now, until today, you could only get Golden Visa with only commercial properties in or, those areas, or right? even like apartments, but with service license. It still counts as commercial properties, mm -hmm. but you cannot get a residential apartment and get Golden Visa uh, in these cities. Um, now, when I go across or around Lisbon and mm -hmm. I see and I watch the, uh, the houses in Kaisodere uh, next to the harbor and stuff, and I see a lot of abandoned houses and people also ask me like, what's going on there? Why are they not renovating those? <laughs> and why are there no investors? Is it a legal thing? Is it a reason uh, which basically um, no one can touch? Mm -hmm. um, do you know why that is? Is that something inherited? Is that uh, something which is a gray zone? Um, do you think it will change that all those buildings across across the harbor, across uh, around, or across the city, basically, um, that there will be investors and renovating those? Um, or do you think it, we can expect to stay like that for the next couple of? couple of years <laughs> funny that you asked this as well because that was the one of the topics uh, in the changing of the law so now the government is actually bringing if you have an abandoned building you are gonna have to rent it out and you cannot just leave it empty again once again i have to address that it was just uh, the first things that we heard just five minutes before this interview so I don't know the specific, mm -hmm. but the government is bringing a solution for this problem. Mm -hmm. Because before, as you have seen many, many times, we have this problem in Portugal. Most of the time, it's either unrealistic expectations of the owners think that and they don't need the cash and they just put it in the market with two times, three times more than it should. Mm -hmm. And it just stays there. And since they don't need the money, they don't care. Mm -hmm. Or it's an inherited building mm -hmm. with 10, 12, 20 owners mm -hmm. that it is impossible to make a deal. So mm -hmm. they cannot ever sell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I assume that's going to be a huge, this is going to be a huge rabbit hole because there are so many dependencies on it, exactly on this mm -hmm. one, because you have to be fair to both parties, to which basically you mm -hmm. own it and you can't for whatever reason. Are they going to just uh, take it away? What is the, like, how are going to be? I, I assume there's going to be some kind of regulation because yeah. you cannot just say you are going to do it. Mm -hmm. So there has to be regulations and there has to be fair prices for mm -hmm. this. But eventually, I think it will be very beneficial for for the people of mm -hmm. Portugal. Yeah, no, totally. I think it's going to be, it's going to even more uplift the entire city. Because there, there are not many products uh, in Portugal right now. That is one of the reasons the rental prices are going up mm -hmm. insanely these days. Mm -hmm. And I think there will be some regulations for these increases as well mm -hmm. in this package. It's a very good uh, thing that you exactly touch upon this point concerning the rental prices. Um, Looking at Lisbon, do you, what do you think there are still like opportunities uh, in terms of uh, rental or also selling prices of real estate? Um, do you think we already hit the top of it? It's gonna be, is there going to be a crash? Uh, do you think there are some neighborhoods where, which are still a little bit undervalued where you should definitely 
or where you see maybe some buying opportunities where there's maybe more inventory or a certain change, be it infrastructure, be it a certain small municipality uh, which changed something. Um, if you now advise this potential investor in, in Lisbon, or where is there a certain area you are you're gearing this this investor to? Of course, but it again it depends because most of the time we work one by one with each individual investors or buyers. Mm -hmm. So it depends on that person's needs. Mm -hmm. But in general, there are some areas which will be increasing and there are some areas which are already good mm -hmm. and you can just get you a good yield as soon as you invest mm -hmm. and there are some areas if you just wait it's going to increase a lot and so so when you sell you're going to make a lot of money mm -hmm. then so it's it's about what people want mm -hmm. if you just want to rent it out i would suggest for now Santos, Estrela, Avenidas Novas, Sabento, Campadoric, these kind of neighborhoods mm -hmm. are, are very hot these days mm -hmm. because people really would like to live in these places. Mm -hmm. Before, uh, because now you cannot obtain a new short-term license in Lisbon, mm -hmm. before when you were getting it, Baixa, Sheado, Alfama, the touristic center yeah. was very hot, mm -hmm. but now it's not as much. So now people who wants to live here are actually coming and they prefer not to live in the touristic center. Yeah. So it's not as hot as before. And mm -hmm. also the city is expanding because Lisbon is a relatively small city and there's a lot of demand. So now the city center is not enough. Uh, I would say for a long-term investment, Aljes, Alcantara, and on the other side, Marvila, Beato, and it, it's going to expand. And I personally really like uh, the other side of the river as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to expand to that area too. Mm -hmm. There has been some talks about possible projects, mm -hmm. and I think they are going to start moving on with these as well. Mm -hmm. So in long term, uh, it's going to be very valuable. I have seen something very similar in Istanbul, mm -hmm. where I grew up. Istanbul is a very similar city to Lisbon with a river in between two sides and like 20, 30 years ago, everybody was living on one side and the other side was like, people were afraid that there will be wolves from the mountains. Like they didn't even wanna walk towards there. Mm -hmm. And now the prices are even more expensive than the European side. Mm -hmm. And I expect the same thing is gonna be happening here mm -hmm. because it's not very far, actually. I have a house uh, in Caparica side, mm -hmm. and it's like 15 minutes to come to Lisbon to, City to Lisbon, Center. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And 15 minutes for me, I, I used to drive 90 minutes to work and 90 minutes back, three hours in traffic per day in Istanbul. Mm -hmm. And this is me living in the city center yeah. in Istanbul. Yeah, yeah. So 15 uh, minutes is like... It's, 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 nothing. Nothing. it's yeah. nothing. So I believe this mindset is going to be uh, happening in people's minds and uh, the city is going to expand a lot. Additionally, you have the ferry between Kais uh, and, uh, and Casillas. Yeah, yeah. it's and just seven entire, minutes. This is nothing. Exactly. Seven minutes to try to, to go from Marques de Pombal to Kais de Sol. It's going to take longer. Exactly. I have another question concerning... It is very common here... For, for house buyers to have a mortgage which, which has a floating interest rate, which is not as common in Germany. Mm -hmm. And I talked to a couple of people recently and they said, you know what, there's going to be a situation sooner or later, in a couple of years latest, that a lot of people can't fulfill their mortgage anymore mm -hmm. because they all went for flexible interest rates. And it's not like the rich person who... who got the apartment or the house. It's like someone who's like basically living at the edge. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a lot of new supply on the market potentially, which might trigger, you know, not a crash, but a, maybe a readjustment of the prices in Lisbon. Um, do you know about um, basically the ratio of 
fixed mortgage uh, interest rates on mortgages versus versus floating um or it, is that something which which you think like it's totally average in comparison also on the global and on a different uh, international level i think it's not gonna be as bad as people think mm -hmm. because that kind of thing happened already in 2008 Eight mm -hmm. crisis. Mm -hmm. So people actually got their lessons a lot, mm -hmm. and the people who are living at the edge actually stayed away from the variable rates. Mm -hmm. Of course, some people did it because there was a big difference. And most of the time, the people who are using mortgage with the variable rates are the investors. Okay. And when they're not going to pay it for 40 years, 30 years, it's not a big problem mm -hmm. because it makes much more sense. What they do is because the cash on cash is going to be much bigger, they tend to not spend their cash. They put a little cash, get a mortgage with a variable rate, renovate an apartment or a building, and, and then sell. And in the meantime, it's okay to, to pay the rate. And even if the rate increases incredible amounts, they are just going to pay it months. So it's, it's no big deal or not a big risk. Okay. And I personally got a mortgage as well for my house. Mm -hmm. And I get it fixed. Okay, so sense. You just mentioned another very interesting thing about the allongemental locale, mm -hmm. um, the tourist uh, offerings, and you said that's um, not. There's no inventory or no even cap capability or possibility to use new or to buy new real estate and use it for tourist purposes? Yes. It, when, when you make a purchase, even yes. though that apartment has the Algemento Local license, mm -hmm. that license drops and the new owner cannot obtain a new license. So you cannot get a new AL license in Lisbon anymore. For any type of real estate, be yeah. it apartment there, or... There is only one way to get away from it sometimes. Mm -hmm. A company holds the apartment mm -hmm. with the AL license. Mm -hmm. If you buy that company, because the registration is on the name of yeah. that company, so nothing's changed. Okay. So you can still keep it. But most of the time, it's not the case. If it's just an apartment, Makes that's sense. it. You cannot get a new license. However, it is very interesting. A lot of people also coming back to the golden visa. A lot of people actually do the used to do the golden visa via the company and uh, not only directly via via real estate. So that might be actually also like the amount of real estate being owned by companies is actually not that low mm -hmm. because a lot of people used the the way of the investment via an. I don't know, LLC or a company entity. I don't know if, if that is the reason. Most of the time, the, the tax benefits of the company is better. So even though it's just one apartment and one single owner, yeah. they prefer to open a company and buy the property with that company instead of just buying personally. Maybe that, you're right. There is a lot of tax yeah. benefits uh, okay. for this. I think you're right. And, and I think that is the reason for yeah. that. Makes, makes a lot of sense. Now, coming to seed real estate. Yep. Give us an overview what uh, what you offer. Also, um, I mentioned in the beginning your um, international and digital DNA um, and your very unique approach to serve your clients. One of the main ideas when we first founded this company with Adam to, to change how the real estate service works a little bit. I'm sure you have also experienced it since you are in the market a lot. Uh, things has been going in a little bit of old-fashioned. Uh, it's, a, it's a very old market and needs a lot of improvement. And especially in Portugal, people tend to look real estate market as a side hustle, as a part-time job. You see maybe 80% of the agents, they actually doing it on the side. Mm -hmm. That's why they are, cannot be as available as full-time uh, agents. That's one of the, the biggest problems, and that's one of the, the promises we made to ourselves, that we are not going to do that. Mm -hmm. We have to be 100% available all the time, and all of our focus should be in this market. Mm -hmm. Other than that, as I mentioned, the teamwork is very important for us. Uh, the real estate agents work individually most of the times. Even though they are under a huge roof of a big brand, mm -hmm. they actually work all along. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And we created a system, mm -hmm. a structure mm -hmm. that makes all of our agents work together. Mm -hmm. So even when we bring a property, we make sure all the agents have a team visit to that property, know the property as their own, share the property in their social media, in their networking mm -hmm. as their own, and everybody tries to sell the property all together. So actually, all the seed agents create like one big mega super agent together and they, the, the work, they work as one. Okay. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, since I was a director and all of my talent comes from the visual parts and the visual yeah. arts, so we base our marketing strategy a lot to video making. Yeah. And not just video making. And since I was a director of commercials, so it always has the, the commercial aesthetics as well, even though it is the to renovate, almost demolished, in far, far away property, we make sure even that property is going to be filmed, edited with professional setup, has professional photography, mm -hmm. and presented as good as possible. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it's, we created a studio inside the company mm -hmm. for, to provide these kind of services. Mm -hmm. And this studio is not only helping for the agents to shoot their properties, mm -hmm. but also creating uh, contents mm -hmm. for the company, plus mm -hmm. for every agent's uh, individual social mm -hmm. media as well. Mm -hmm. Because we want them to grow with us. Mm -hmm. That was our promise in the beginning. That is what we are delivering to them as well these days. So when they get bigger, we will get bigger, and we will all get bigger all together as a big family. That's a very beautiful approach. Um, and I believe that especially like for the younger agents, you are definitely one employer people want to work for because you understand the power of the visuals and of social media. While, I don't know, I don't know many real estate uh, brokerages from inside, but I believe sometimes it is a bit, this what you mentioned in the beginning, old fashioned styles, like now we don't want to ruin our brand by trying new things, by even maybe breaking our systems and stuff. Um, do you think it is, uh, it is uh, exactly this sort of differentiation, not only for you towards the clients, but also to attract good talent and create a very strong team around you so that basically you're creating a, vis a virtual cycle and you're really like becoming stronger and stronger? Definitely. That was one of our goals. And some of the times, because it's not just about the quality and how good of a broker they are. Mm -hmm. It's also about their personalities as well. We had many interviews mm -hmm. with many talented agents, mm -hmm. not just agents, agency owners, mm -hmm. managers, mm -hmm. that we had to pass mm -hmm. just for realizing it just doesn't fit to this structure. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they are going to make us win a lot of money. They are amazing people, amazing agents, and can be very valuable. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's always about the, the long-term plans. Yeah, makes sense. Concerning your service offerings, give us an overview of what you exactly offer to your clients mm -hmm. um, and uh, also along the life cycle. You mentioned before that you also go into property management. You have a very mm -hmm. interesting network. Mm -hmm. Um, how can I, um, from a client perspective, and both um, seller, but also mm -hmm. but also um, buyer, how can I imagine the services you are offering to your clients? Okay, it's good that you mentioned our services. We have to divide buyer and seller, mm -hmm. and also the third part is the property management part mm -hmm. that I will come after. Uh, if we start from the sellers, which are the actual product owners. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, we offer two services, standard and premium. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, we have the power of Seed Studio behind all the marketing and all the visuals. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we always uh, use a market study and not just one market study, but all the market study tools available in Portugal. Mm -hmm. And when we talk to an owner, uh, we have the power and we want them to feel that power mm -hmm. we know the market we know our job we are the right professionals to do this business and this mm -hmm. transaction 
and we have to show it to them. And when they actually feel that power, they become uh, much more relaxed uh, with the idea of working with a real estate agency. Mm -hmm. Because before that, people think, oh, 5% commission, it's a lot. If I just sell it myself, uh, I can just save it. But most of the time, when you work with the right professional, actually, with a good negotiation, that agent is going to make you win much, much, much more than 5%. Most of the time, with a private owner, investors negotiate around 20%. That is the average. So when you try to save 5%, you actually lose much more. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, many people doesn't have the time of the screening process, talk to everybody, arrange visits. And there is also the risk of, this guy is the owner. This guy is going to tell me anything that I want to hear to sell his or her apartment. Mm -hmm. So there's this suspicion as well, mm -hmm. especially for inner investors. Mm -hmm. They actually try to get away from the private sellers. Mm -hmm. They want the right professional, make the right assessment, yep. and move on with the deal process for that. So our job is actually a bit educating the owner as well. Mm -hmm. That is the right way to work with a real estate agency. Mm -hmm. It's not always... Us. Sometimes there are specific properties we don't feel we are the right fit. We actually address them because when we bring a property, we are 110% focused on that property. Mm -hmm. If we cannot deliver that, we actually say no. Or sometimes the seller might have unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. They spent the last 40 years in that apartment. They have amazing memories. They mm -hmm. saw their first child's first steps in that living room. So there is a lot of sentimental value that they want to add into the price. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean anything for the investor. So that's why yeah. then the, the market study jumps in. We need to explain it has to be like this. And we will try to get the best possible value, of course. This is our job. Yeah. But until a certain level. So that's why we try to make them understand and most of the time they are logical people when you come with the data from five different sources and show them the data it, it becomes very obvious it, mm -hmm. it's not my thinking it's not my imagination it's not how i think this should work or how you think it should work mm -hmm. it's the market is telling us none, yeah. of, none of us are telling the price totally makes, makes total sense and when you go to um, the business of property management, for then in, in the end it's the client. So it's very interesting because first you have like you put a bit the glasses on of the seller and say, okay, mm -hmm. well, I'm gonna allow you to get like the value for your property according mm -hmm. to the the software which you're using or the market value, the appraisal, and then you basically potentially also create like this product, this the service, and go to the Present it to clients. Say, mm. you know what, we only we don't only have the product itself, but we also can take over and do your property management. Talk us, give us an overview of this service. Okay, that service is also actually a valid point why people should sell with seed. It's not mm -hmm. about just the buy. Mm -hmm. it, it's obvious it's very beneficial for buying, mm -hmm. but it also gives a lot of power. For us to attract buyers, it becomes very valuable for sellers. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the biggest pluses about seed is also the agents from 13 different nationalities. Mm -hmm. So we have crazy amount of network. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, they all work together. So when we put the apartment in the market, it's not just putting on the portals in Portugal. It also hits at the same time 13 different uh, nations. Mm -hmm at the same time and all those networkings and the networkings of those networkings. Mm -hmm. And we are very open to share as long as we believe in the quality of the sharing partner. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes if they cannot reach to a certain quality of service, because we can be as good as them mm -hmm. in those kind of uh, situations. Yep. So we make sure about those screenings as well and make sure the transactions will go smoothly. Yeah. Um, do you think sometimes you have like some uh, in the selling process, what do you think are the biggest challenges there? Um, be it legal, be it permissions, be it 
making the appraisal correctly, being maybe even people management to also become or being empathetic to maybe the seller. Sometimes there's an emotion involved. Um, what do you think is, uh, is, is the biggest challenge on a daily basis where maybe you see a pattern or maybe you even say it's so diverse, every case is different and you cannot even like answer this question in a generalistic mm -hmm. way? It, it is like that every case is different, but no matter what, there is one constant, I think, there is a lot of bureaucratic issues. Mm -hmm. to get or if there is not any bureaucratic issues in any deal it is a bit hard and time consuming to deal with that issue mm -hmm. and that is the part actually uh, our partners jump in when we created the company we always wanted to have an a to z service mm -hmm. so any profession that you might need during the process of buying real estate we have created a wallet of professionals that you might need with our trustful partners mm -hmm. that can be as efficient as our service. So after our screening process, we have accountants, lawyers, architects, engineers, mortgage brokers, bank managers, whoever you might need, interior mm -hmm. designers, that we have partners and we can direct them uh, directly to our clients. And on top of that, uh, After the, the purchasing process, since we have a lot of international investors and they are not even here. So we have an in-house property management department as well to manage their apartments and find the, the perfect tenants, attend to condominium meetings. If there's any problem, fixing those problems, cleaning services. If it's a short-term rental, check-ins, check-outs and using all the, the portals, international portals and basically generate the best rentability for investors and they just get their money at the end of the month. Any specific um, split of the geos, uh, where they're coming from, um, the investors? Uh, in the Portuguese market, uh, yes, the, the bigger portion uh, are the French investors mm -hmm. and after that Brazilians and British coming and in the last year there's a big boom uh, from the US investors mm -hmm. and on a totally different portion of the market of course uh, outside of Europe in Asia and the Middle East mm -hmm. there's a big group who is investing for golden visa and mm -hmm. a European passport and we have a lot of investors not just for golden visa but also just because of me probably Uh, discovered Portugal in Turkey mm -hmm. and, and also a lot of developers who are purely investing to to make money uh, yeah. from Israel. Okay, interesting. Um, has anyone ever bought blindly, like online? Of course. Really? A, lo a lot of times. We do, we do that a lot. Uh, how does that work? Uh, do they um, send you a power of attorney so that you can do the legal? Because I believe like there's nothing like digital... Signatures are not um, approved by the government? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the actual signature part uh, has to be done with the power of attorney. Mm -hmm. But until that moment, it's just based on the client's trust on us. And so we eliminate the properties first and we see the property for ourselves. After that, we do a video visit and we provide all the legal documents. We give the context of are trustful lawyers, so they check all the documentation as well mm -hmm. and make sure there are no legal issues. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not just that. We took an extra step in this kind of stuff and in any kind of purchasing, actually. Uh, we try to talk every single neighbor in the building before our clients actually buy a property. Because most of the time, especially... Uh, If it's not our property and we don't have all the information, we yeah. don't have the direct contact to the owner, uh, we want to make sure that we have the inside information. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get the, the really crazy news mm -hmm. uh, from, from the neighbor. Mm -hmm. And that is actually can become a no-go property just because of that. Mm -hmm. So we make sure that there's absolutely no, no problem yeah. uh, with the property. 
Is there any uh, software tool which augments your service and the transparency towards the investor? Let's say I'm thinking, I don't know, 3D um, visits. You just mentioned the video video mm -hmm. visits. Uh, is that um, is that already enough? Sometimes I'm asking because sometimes mm -hmm. we are so focused on like the new tools mm -hmm. and this will take over and et cetera, et cetera. My question is, how do you basically or what are the What is the footage and maybe the um, information which those investors who buy blindly um, regard as sufficient so that they have a full picture of it and they feel, okay, I, I know exactly, I have conducted my due diligence and I know exactly what I'm going for. Yeah, as, as you ma mentioned, honesty is a very big part of our service mm -hmm. and we have uh, three main keywords actually in our slogan. It's mm -hmm. honest interactive different mm -hmm. and honesty is is the first one mm -hmm. so it is also about time is very important for us mm -hmm. so we don't want to lose time mm -hmm. and when we shoot the property we make sure we actually make every single angle possible mm -hmm. we don't hide the negative mm -hmm. we find the solutions for negatives because sometimes there are negatives for properties mm -hmm. but it's not the end of the world so we try to find the solutions but what we don't want to do is If there is a dump yard in front of the property, we mm -hmm. show it as well. Mm -hmm. We don't want to go to a visit and then see the dump yard and then why the hell we came to this visit. If I knew this was here, I would never come. Mm -hmm. And right there, I lost one hour. The owner lost one hour and the buyer lost one hour. Yeah, and even credibility yes. and your reputation. E exactly. So we don't do that. We don't hide anything. Mm -hmm. Everything is very transparent. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, when we schedule a visit, it's like a couple of visits mm -hmm. and the buyer actually buys one of those mm -hmm. because until then we have examined and studied and also do the market study uh, how much we can rent it for we have a special excel that we created to do all the calculations about the investment that deducts all the taxes all the money you have to pay and then the net amount that you are going to take actually at the end of the year mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so to, to see that number actually change a lot and we try to do it in the beginning because people are not aware the taxes and uh, people are not aware about the legal cost yes. about the the management services they are gonna need uh, they don't know the constructions can take a lot of time mm -hmm. so it we might need to calculate a bit more for the renovation budget and when you calculate all sometimes some properties even though it looks very good the numbers tell you no it's not mm -hmm. because you can't read it off for a couple of months because of the of the how much is the transaction fee everything summed up together which in a percentage which i can basically assume it, it, I... it again it's it's varies okay if it's your right. first okay. property if you are gonna live it if you are gonna rent it and also it depends on the price of the property okay and we have it all in our calculations and that's why each time we talk to a client mm -hmm. we do individual strategies tailored to that specific person's need and taxes on the property price mm -hmm. um, is that fixed or is that something which you have to pay like i don't know 10 to 20 percent or five percent no, no, on, on, per, on the, purchase the percentage time. the percentage is fixed yeah uh, but again it depends on where in portugal if it's in the mainland if it's in the island okay or uh, it depends on if you are going to be living in it Yeah. Or if you are going to be renting out and making money out of it. Makes sense. And it depends on the actual transaction value. Mm -hmm. Okay, makes and sense. And after that, there's also a yearly uh, property tax that depends on the municipality. Mm -hmm. Again, a certain percentage for each single uh, may, municipality. May, okay, makes total sense. Perfect. Thank you so much for the clarif mm -hmm. clarification. Um, transferring the money... Where does the money go to uh, if I'm somewhere in Shanghai uh, or someone in Shanghai and I'm uh, have this uh, amazing broker called Seed Invest? Uh, do I still like? Do I? I who? Are, where am I going to transfer the money to? To you? To a Citibank? And then no, no, we, no. Have an, we have an, uh, We have maybe uh, a certain institution which which serves um, which serves in order to. Um, I forgot the name of this institution, which basically like serves as an ombudsman or, or a, as an institution 
uh, in between until mm -hmm. the money gets released. Yeah. The, the thing is, when you buy a property in Portugal, mm -hmm. that money has to be transferred from a Portuguese bank account. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the, the getting ready part for the buyers that we actually strongly suggest before we even start to look for properties. Mm -hmm. There are certain things you need to do before. Okay. First of all, you need to get a Portuguese tax number. Yeah. And as last week, actually, as a company, we can provide the service in-house. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to send our clients to a lawyer or accountant for a fraction of a price. Mm -hmm. We actually do it in-house mm -hmm. and with the, the safety of our company. So when they get their tax number, they need to open a Portuguese bank account mm -hmm. for themselves. So basically, in the end, they just transfer their money abroad to their own account in Portugal. And you can do both remotely? Like they, they don't need to come to Portugal no, no, in they, order to... No, no, no. With, with our partners, we have partners in banks yeah. and those managers are dealing the process. Of course, they need to provide some documents about the source of this money. Okay. Especially yeah. if it's a country outside of EU, mm -hmm. they will ask, where did you get that money? And you yeah. say, I sold this apartment, this property, and I have been working in this job for this many years. Yeah. And Makes these sense. are the documents. But opening, getting the tax number and opening the bank account, I don't need to fly to Lisbon. No, for no, that. you don't need to. What you need to do is uh, banks need a real signature. So it might take a lot of time for them to send the contract to your country, maybe it takes a couple of weeks, you sign it, you Got post it. it back, and it takes a couple of weeks, and maybe in one month, you actually op okay. open your bank that account. That makes sense. Once I am um, really committed to buying the real estate, um, be it here or remotely, um, is there a down payment which basically uh, allows me to reserve it? So, yeah, yeah sorry, go ahead. There is uh, a couple of periods. This you can have it or not. Mm -hmm. First period is that you can have a reservation contract. Mm -hmm. Usually you give five to ten thousand euros mm -hmm. just to reserve the property. Mm -hmm. A simple one-page contract to take the property out of market. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, if you need to do, if you need to visit, if you need to check the documents, and everything checks out, then you sign a promissory contract, which mm -hmm. is called CPCV in mm -hmm. Portugal. And in CPCV. In general, you pay about 20%, mm -hmm. which is a much more binding contract than the reservation yeah. contract. And eventually, uh, at the deed, you pay the rest. Got it. Yeah. Okay. In other countries, if I then bail after either the first one or even, I think the, the second one after the promissory contract, mm -hmm. I really lose the money. Is that the same one? Is yeah, the same? It, it depends. You can keep changing clauses in the contracts as well. Mm -hmm. okay. And most of the time, you can actually put a clause mm -hmm. and not even just lose the money, actually pay the double. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can put that contract if you just want to make sure and everybody is just uh, sure about the deal is going to go on and there's mm -hmm. nothing to hide, nothing to be scared of. Mm -hmm. So they, they can just sign it as well. Perfect. Okay. Um, Regarding your service offerings, so you just mentioned like so many, basically like a lot of um, your entire portfolio. Is there anything else uh, which we haven't talked about which you would like to mention regarding your service offerings? For example, for it's not very common in Portugal to offer open house events uh, for sellers. There are open house events, but it's not like the, the US, US mindset mm -hmm. uh, open houses. And we tend to do that a lot uh, mm -hmm. for our exclusive sellers, and which actually creates a big success because when we have exclusivity, it's not, it doesn't mean that we actually preserve that apartment uh, to ourselves. We actually share with all the agencies in Portugal. Yeah. And so we are just much more comfortable to share because we have the exclusivity. So in those events, we try to bring all the other agencies as well and all the buyers we know and all the networking that are already in the country and we try to make things a bit more fun mm -hmm. that is one of the reasons that we have actually moved to this office because we didn't want to be stuck in a small office and do an office job yeah we believe in networking a lot and that's why we created seed events as well yeah so now every month uh, we are uh, doing some events mm -hmm. And we are trying to get away 
the boring presentation mindset of events and mm-hmm. actually turned real party-like fun events yeah. with the benefit of winning a lot of money, yeah. with the benefit of networking a lot, with the benefit of getting to know each other. And having fun. And, and having fun yeah. on, the, on the side. That's nice. Yeah. So the, the next event will be coming in a couple of weeks. The, the last event we actually met in the last one. I hope you had fun. I did, yeah. It was really nice. It was really good uh, to get an idea of like how you work, but also in a very subtle way. Mm-hmm. Uh, really liked the, the idea that you didn't uh, have a sales pitch uh, and uh, made the joke about like, okay, we're going to start now with a one-hour presentation about a company. This, this is usually <laughs> what happens in, in the events. That, that was the first thing that we will never, ever do that. Yeah. We will just have fun, do the networking anyway, and when we keep doing it, the business is going to come yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I really enjoyed your talk, uh, our talk uh, until now. I really uh, learned a lot of things. Um, you don't enjoy anymore until now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, about to wrap up, actually. Oh. And uh, Sam, I really want to, to express my appreciation towards uh, or about uh, the conversation we have had. I learned a lot of things about, first, your journey from film and uh, advertisement with all your brands, how you got to know your business partner, uh, this quick uh, um, story about the beach, uh, how actually leads are being generated, that there's actually even people having this profession mm-hmm. and then starting and jumping. And also, I feel like your entire approach is um, breaking certain rules a bit uh, with also what you just mentioned with, uh, with Seed, with the events, and also the idea of saying, you know, this old industry or this old um, previous brokerage didn't allow us to even go for virtual assistance or any kind of assistance. So let's let's start and let's do it our, on, our, on our own. You also talked so nicely about Portugal, about Lisbon. You also gave us gave us a, a very good uh, technical insights, and uh, I am really appreciative about the the fact that you could answer all my. Uh, all my um, questions which I basically threw to you. Um, I hope the audience uh, really also got a nice idea about uh, the beauty about, uh, about Lisbon, about Portugal and why invest and also about the services you're offering along be it uh, the open house you say or even managing in a very open way and very transparent way people from abroad who have never been to maybe even Portugal. So I really appreciate the time. I really appreciate that you uh, allowed me to conduct a podcast here. Um, is there anything from your side which you would like to mention which we haven't touched upon? First of all, just thank you for having me in your podcast. And it was a great pleasure to talk to you. I didn't even realize how long we have been talking. Actually. <laughs> it was really, really fun. I really like the saying in real estate. Maybe we can close it with this. The best time to buy real estate is yesterday. (laughs) But today is not that late. (laughs) I like that. Thank you so much for the closing closing, uh, words. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we we see each other soon and uh, we, we stay in contact. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you.